Governor Inslee, welcome to Detroit Today. Thank you. Yeah. It's been a great, great visit. Yeah. Uh, so uh, let's start with uh, you just giving us a thumbnail uh, pitch about why you should be the Democratic nominee next year to take on Donald Trump. Well, uh, I'm uh, perfectly positioned to defeat Donald Trump, number one, because I have a demonstrable way to bring economic progress and reduction of income inequality across the country uh, by helping lead a state that is now has the best economy in the United States, the highest GDP and wage growth, and a demonstrable way to show that the adoption of democratic values and progressive policies will create economic growth. And I think that's a perfect template and counterpoise uh, to Donald Trump's trickle-down economics. We have the highest minimum wage, the best paid family leave. I've won the highest teacher pay increase, the first net neutrality bill. We've adopted the first public health care option, uh, the best gender pay equity. We've, we've done all these progressive things. And as a result of these things, we've created the best economy in the country. And I think that is a perfect uh, uh, contrast to Donald Trump's efforts just to help his buddies in, in the top part of the economic uh, ladder, number one. Number two, I do believe that we do have uh, an existential crisis. It is a looming catastrophe. Every day we suffer more damage uh, uh, across the United States from the climate crisis. And I have a unique position in that I am the candidate and the only candidate who has said that this should be the top priority of the United States and that we can create 8 million clean energy jobs and that I've got a vision on how to do that that is, again, uniquely qualified to actually meet the scientific rigor that's necessary. And you know, I have a disagreement with the vice president on, on what we have to do and when we have to do it. You know, basically, uh, when your house is on fire, the fire sets the timeline. And that's the situation. We've got to move, and we've got to move quickly. And, and there's two good reasons, and I'll give you more in the next four hours. Yeah, so so the the focus on climate change, which is, the, I think, the thing that makes your candidacy stand out from, uh, from the others. Um, talk more about why you think that's the issue uh, and not just one among many others. Well, look, there's a lot of things that, as governor, I've been – very uh, proud of achieving in our state that I would like to on a national level. I'd like everyone to have the same level of health insurance we have and the same protection of family and medical leave and the same uh, Reproductive Parity Act that makes sure women uh, have insurance coverage for their reproductive health care. All of these things I'd like to have for the whole country that we have in Washington. But all of these things in some sense will be moot if we are swallowed whole by the climate crisis, if our homes are burning down because of the forest fires, which they are doing, if our fields are flooded and, and, and farmers are, are, are losing whole crops, as has happened in the Midwest, if people are having to sell their homes on the coastline because they're being inundated, as was going on with, in Miami when we left, if people's homes are being flooded routinely because of these massive rain events, and if people can't sleep at night because it's so da uh, damn hot, these other things are, are to some degree, uh, if not moot, of at least uh, less emergent uh, nature. And uh, so we are talking about something that threatens the basis of our civilization, and that is not 
and sometimes that can sound apocalyptic, but unfortunately it's just the science. And if you look at science, I've been working on this for 25 years. I co-authored a book 12 years ago. I helped form the U.S. Climate Alliance with Jerry Brown and Andrew Cuomo. So this is something I've been very deeply in, embedded in. And I have to tell you, the song, if you read it, uh, as I do on a daily basis, your hair will catch on fire, uh, understanding the risks that we have with the massive transformation of the loss of the Arctic uh, ice sheet, with the melting of the tundra, this presages things that uh, could actually be catastrophic. There's a book called The Uninhabitable Earth Mm -hmm. by David Wallace Wells. And if folks want to have sort of a walk through the future, if we do not change our our economy and uh, come up with a clean energy system, if you read that book, I think you would agree with me that we need to move on this. Uh, when you were on stage yesterday, uh, you talked about a very specific place here in southeast Michigan with regard to uh, environmental issues. And I, I thought that was uh, quite poignant. I, I really wonder who brought to your attention uh, the things that are going on in 48217 here in Detroit. Well, Teresa Landrum and, and some other leaders in 48217, uh, they are such an inspirational community in that community who have banded together to try to uh, obtain cleaner air and cleaner water. And it was very inspiring. I've made three visits now to that community, and every time I've become more inspired because this is a group that's trying to reclaim their health. And this is unfortunately a common story across America that communities of poverty, communities of color are the the ones most affected by pollution and will be most benefited by the effort to develop a clean energy economy. Black Americans breathe about 50% more pollutants during their lifetime than white Americans. It's a huge racial environmental injustice. And while we're taming the climate change beast, we will also be cleaning the air, particularly for those who are, that are frequently communities of color that are breathing these pollutants. So this is a health issue, not only to prevent us from kind of boiling over because of, of climate change, but also to reduce the pollution, the pollutants we breathe. It's interesting, we lose, oh, I think it's something like 35,000 people of our friends and relatives a year in car crashes. But we lose another 15,000 more than that from pollutants that mm. we breathe because we, because we burn fossil fuels. Uh, every oil well is an oil spill because we breathe the pollutants from it. Uh, every coal uh, plant is a, is a way to inject uh, mercury into our system and particulates that cause all kinds of grief, including childhood asthma, which we're now having an epidemic of. So there's so many benefits to bring more uh, racial justice, frankly. And I've embedded that in my plan to make sure that we put a, a priority on these frontline communities that have been damaged historically mm-hmm. uh, by racial disparity. And, I, and I'm proud of that part of this plan. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, we've got just a few minutes left, but I want to talk about your proposal for a carbon tax in Washington last year. Uh, that failed in large part because of a very well-financed big oil campaign that claimed 
it would hurt the economy. You know, if if you were elected president, how would you handle that kind of opposition? I mean, you know, I don't think anyone disagrees about uh, the state of climate and climate change and the environment, uh, but you have some very powerful interests that don't want us to do this any differently. Well, listen, I would I would succeed, I believe, because we have a, a secret renewable fuel, and that's the power of perseverance. Uh, the fossil fuel companies, the oil and gas companies, spent $32 million trying to obfuscate the issue on this initiative. But we just got right back in the saddle the next morning and introduced five bills that would accomplish essentially the same thing as far as pollution reduction. We passed four of them now. And so uh, we, we have had great success in Washington we passed uh, uh, arguably the best 100% clean electrical grid bill in the country, and it's the best in part because we embedded environmental justice in it so that we provide uh, assistance to low-income communities with their utilities. That's a really important part, as well as driving uh, a treatment for good-paying jobs to help people form unions. Uh, we also passed the nation's best building codes so that we can have homes and businesses that don't waste energy. So we're on a roll in Washington. We've still got some more work to do. But if you persevere and uh, you help the public understand this, we believe that the country wants this. About 75% of Americans now say that they uh, understand that, that we're causing climate change and that we need to do something about it. It's just that the Republican politicians are now afraid of Donald Trump, afraid of their own shadows, will not stand up to him. And therefore, there's only one party that's offering a solution to that, that's the Democratic Party. So I think we need the strongest nominee we can get to fight this battle. And by the way, you know, it's interesting. Donald Trump uh, showed us his, his greatest weakness, and it is on environmental issues. It's kind of interesting. He demonstrated that a couple weeks ago when he went out and held a press conference trying to claim he was an environmentalist. <laughs> well, why would do, Why would something, somebody be, say something that's so obviously foolish? Well, it's because he understands he's so vulnerable on this. This is the one issue that virtually no one in America trusts him. So this is his greatest weakness. We need our strongest candidate. Okay. Jay Inslee, governor of Washington and Democratic presidential hopeful. It was really great to have you here with us on Detroit Today. Thanks for joining. Thank you very much. All right. That's going to do it for me today. I will be back tomorrow. I hope you will, too. We're going to talk with the author of a new book about promoting literacy programs in prisons. T. Rushton of Keep Drawing Detroit talks about the organization's annual tour of Detroit Gardens as well. This is 1019 WDET, Detroit's NPR station, your connection to news, music, and conversation. We'll talk again tomorrow.